Blog Talk Radio. Like give me love, oh. Now you the catch in my shot. Oh. For your sake, I go go touch you. Hey. We go drive around if for my Porsche. Baby, pana, they say he like you all. I, I get you all. Baby, pana, anywhere that you go, I go follow you to go. Baby, pana, they say he like cassava. I get to pick cassava, hey baby, pana. My love for you, you never die, you never die. Iba uh, iba, oh baby, iba iba. Baby, you too sweet, you forever. My baby, dance to you, you like water. Make a take you to Fagwalada. Iba iba, oh baby, iba iba. Baby, you too sweet, you forever. My baby, dance to you, you like water. Make a take you to Fagwalada. My love is a beautiful thing. Good morning, good morning, and uh, welcome to Zambia Blog Talk Radio. It is September, not September, not September. What am I saying, uh, Matilda? It's October 3rd, <laughs> 2020. <October. laughs> oh, let's my go, goodness. Let's go. It's a new month. New month. I know, right? I know, I know, I know, I know. Welcome, everybody, from wherever you are listening us from. It's 3 p.m., I believe, in Europe, uh, England, specifically, the Queen's country. It's 1,600 hours in Zambia, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, and it's 10 p.m. in Western Australia. Thank you for joining us this Saturday, uh, Zambia Block Talk Radio. We have an interesting discussion here. It's Mental Health Month. Uh, October was, I think, is, is designated health, uh, Mental Health Month. So that's what we're going to be talking about here with a guest, one of my favorite people in the world. Before I introduce our guest, uh, hello, the people from the north, how are things there? If it's 60 degrees in Dallas, what's the temperature up there in the north? Uh, it's still uh, very mild. We had uh, a nice sunny day yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks sunny. What is the time right now? 8 a.m.? Yeah, some sun mm. is coming out. So okay. before long, things will be will change. So might as well enjoy the sun. Excellent, excellent. Hello, sunny Florida. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, good morning. We are well. It's uh, about 70 degrees, and we are already complaining that it's beginning to feel cold. <laughs> mm. 70 degrees. <laughs> That's how uh, things are in Florida. That's Florida for you. At 60 okay. degrees, we'll be on our fence. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Miss Sherry is just shaking her head. 70 degrees and they're complaining that it's hot, yeah? <laughs> Come we are that. noticing that it's getting cool and colder, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. All right, uh, Pastor Brian, good morning. Kansas good morning, City, good one morning. Of the, one of the coldest places in the country, I believe. Yeah, Kansas City is beginning to get cold. I even had to turn on the heat in the house. Yeah, the season <laughs> <Okay>. is changing. <laughs> well, I tell you. Uh, like I said, there, this month is uh, Mental Health Month, and we are going to be discussing 
things relating to art, to that. Mental health is in various degrees and levels, and our guest uh, is not a stranger to the show. She, Ms. Sherry Tomlin, she's a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, and she's practicing in Dallas, Texas. She's uh, our new our new psychiatric clinic is called Guiding Star Healthcare. And Sherry, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, my brother. Thank you for inviting me back. This is so exciting. Yes, <laughs> we're glad to have and you good morning, back. Good morning to your audience as well. I hope all everyone's well. Yes, yes. Yeah, good morning. Everybody's doing good. As you have heard, some people are complaining about 70 degrees being too hot. <laughs> but uh, that's a topic for another day. And uh, everybody, as we continue our discussion here, um, my first question to Ms. Sherry before we get undergoing, we just want to say from the Zambia Block Talk Radio family and global family, we wish our President Trump and his dear wife a quick recovery. Our prayers are with them. Uh, the Bible Amen. encourages us. The Bible encourages us to pray for our leaders and for their well-being and good health. Um, Sherry, tell us about your interest in mental health and the background story relating to it. Well, uh, Nathan, thanks for the question. It's been a long journey for me. I must say my journey began uh, in the field of psychiatry about a year after I graduated from RN school back in 1996. I completed the associate program back then. And Mm -hmm. about a year later, I started working at a chemical dependency hospital in Austin, Texas, you know, just on the weekends as a side hustle for a couple years. Um, And then, uh, you know, they really liked my, you know, my work and they always wanted me to come back and wanted me to work more but I really wasn't interested too much in that mental health field it was a little uh, perplexing to me I didn't understand uh, a lot of things that was happening you know like why were Mm -hmm. people on so many medications that weren't working I mean uh, why were some of the staff you know provoking people and you know, causing chaos when they needed uh, a different approach. And so I tried to avoid the mental health field for much of my career until Mm. uh, my mom, you know, she started having mental health issues. And then that's when I realized how much that field needed advocates. And also, um, you know, if it wasn't me, who? Who would be the one to step up and move things forward so people can get support in the help they need? Mm. That's that's an interesting story. It's like uh, somewhat the same situation that we 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 are dealing with now. People are in denial about the COVID nineteen until it affects them. Wouldn't you say that? Oh yeah. Well, you know. When you have toxic leadership and people around you are becoming more toxic because of the way um, things are being, uh, you know, promoted or mm-hmm. this, this information that's being uh, allowed to, you know, go out to the public, 
uh, you're going to end up with a situation like we're in now. And so, um, you know, this COVID-19 is not something I would wish on my worst enemy. So um, now I think it's the time where, at the time where we're probably uh, going to uh, come together and, and have a good understanding and comprehend this uh, this issue that we have, and it's uh, yes, yes, you know, it's, uh, it's a serious, very serious issue. Yeah, it's it, it's a very serious situation, and I think it's. Uh, like I said in my little introduction, that uh, mental he- mental health issues are in degrees and levels, which you are going to address at a certain point in our discussion. When was October declared Mental Health Month, and what is the significance of that? Well, October has a Mental Health Day. As far as uh, the information that I have, uh, Nathan, mm-hmm. October 10th is Mental Health Day. May is truly Mental Health Month, and September okay. has Mental Health Mental Health Week. So, but every every day should be Mental Health Day. Every month should be Mental Health Month because uh, what we need to do as a collective community is to be able to download, decompress, have discussions <clears throat> ongoing. Not wait for Mental Health Month to do it, Mental Health Week or Mental Health Day. It should be ongoing, especially in our community. Yeah, that, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, we've already referred to the COVID pandemic. Uh, let's discuss it, uh, that a little bit and how it has transformed our way of life and its uh, psychiatric or mental impact. What are some of the significant statistics you can share with us relating to family life and marriages? Children, parents, relations, working issues, because one of the the things that have come out uh, strongly uh, in this situation, uh, Sherry, as you are aware, is te- parents tend teachers. Uh, you know what I'm saying? With uh, <laughs> with the virtual learning thing that uh, the parents have been. Let me say, found themselves in a situation where they have no choice but to do it. So, what are some of the major things or highlights you can refer, you can talk about that have happened from a mental perspective in this pandemic situation we are living in? Mm-hmm. Well, anything that happens in our lives, we can see the positives and the negatives in it, and we could choose which uh, side we want to focus on. And if you mm-hmm. keep choosing to focus on the negative side, you know, you're not going to be as um, energized or productive as you could be. So we do realize that it's uh, a perilous time for many of us right now. Uh, the, the pandemic is causing an increase in fear and more anxiety in some of us, and a lot of us feel overwhelmed because we have to take part in certain things that, you know, might be difficult, like uh, teaching our children from home. But I taught my children from home for years, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, you know. I didn't want anyone to <laughs> teach my children. And so, you know, that was my perspective about homeschooling. But other people, they're just, you know, starting that journey, and it might be a while that we still have to uh, continue to do this. But in the end, you are giving your children time 
you are learning a lot about the Internet. I'm sure a lot of people are not familiar with, you know, how to operate certain things, you know, uh-huh, uh, on uh-huh. social media or whatever. And, you know, here we are. We're, we're, we're growing uh, in, in areas. So we have to look at the positive side of it and uh, just gain more confidence and, uh, and appreciate this uh, time and opportunity God has given us to spend with our children uh, and, uh, and, and be encouraging for them. So there's different emotions due to the pandemic. Mm. People are you know, losing jobs and they still have to homeschool their children. They're having little social interaction and, you know, they have to find ways to keep their little ones active, especially the boys. You know how boys are. They are little <laughs> balls of energy, okay? So we have to keep up with them. There's illness. A lot of people in our family, they're getting sick from COVID or other issues, and we can't be there yes. for them or whatever the situation is. So it's 2020. We're living at a time of crisis, and uh, instead of planning and achieving our goals that we had, you know, last year, uh, we're now worried about survival, Okay. So it leaves us feeling hopeless, helpless, anxious, maybe unhappy uh, with our present circumstances. But, um, uh, you know, as a person who has experienced grief and sadness for for many years because, you know, I got divorced, my mom lost her husband, then I lost my mom, you know. It's like that same experience that I had, but now it's happening to all of us at the same time. You know, it's not just here and there. It's everybody going through something, you know. So, um, and then we uh, we have leadership that's now questionable, you know. So, um, in spite of all that, we have to understand we were made to depend on each other. Okay, that's how God made us. We're going to feel mm. better if we have someone that's supporting us, uh, helping us, um, you know, just being there for us, we can overcome and achieve so many things when we work together and we give each other help and support. So um, how do you do that? You can pretty much talk to the older people in your family. Start there. You know, they're glad when you call them. Nobody remembers them, right? But they're a good source of uh, knowledge, right, uh, uh-huh. and experience. Uh-huh. You could talk to members in your church group, you know, join social groups, or even consider contacting a professional counselor or therapist, okay? Uh, a lot of times people feel, I don't want to tell people my problems. I feel ashamed or, you know, I don't feel comfortable. But these are people, these professionals are people who have either been in that situation or they yes. had years of experience, you know, helping people in those situations. So they're the people we need to turn to when there's trouble, right, in our marriage, in our everyday life, okay? Uh, that's why I'm in this uh, profession because, you know, I've, uh, I've been through a lot, okay? Uh, so, yeah, let's take this opportunity. Instead of focusing on the negative, let's try to reunite with our loved ones. Let's reconnect, rekindle our relationships, okay? We have time mm. now. To invest in each other's lives, okay? So, okay, we had some interference there. I don't know if that's part of our show, but anyway. 
So, <laughs> I don't, yeah, so, you know, people are not aware sometimes even of their uh, company resources. The company they work for has mm-hmm. uh, employee assistant lines, EAP they call it. And this is a game changer for a lot of people. They can offer legal advice, uh, mental health resources, um, you name it, community resources. So um, it's all about how we respond to the current uh, issues uh, that's happening in our home and that, in our country. That, yeah, that, in that, state, that statement right there, Sherry, is how we respond to the circumstances. Um, you mentioned in your in, in when you were talking to say we should be encouraging to our children and uh, look at the positives. What does this do when your children observe or realize that mom and dad are overwhelmed? What are the consequences of that? Well, as a therapist, I would say it's time for family therapy, okay? (laughs) So uh, (laughs) a lot of people might say, well, I don't have the money for that. Uh, You know, there's self-help books. I have a bibliography available if anybody wants to, you know, get a list of self-help books. For their situation, they can contact me at uh, guidingstarhealthcare at gmail.com. That's separate from my business uh, email. But uh, you can reach me there. I can send you a bibliography of books. Um, If you don't want to sit down right now, uh, and, you know, a lot of therapists have, uh, how would you say, telehealth. You know, they can Uh see you by video conference. Uh, So there's, there's, uh, there's different ways to... You know, get everybody uh, motivated and you know back on the same uh, on the same uh, moving in the same direction as a family. So yeah, that's you know so many things are available for us and we don't access it. We don't choose to you know to reach out uh, to uh, practitioners or companies that could help us in, in these uncertain times. You see, Sherry, I like the point you make when you say it's time for family therapy, but you realize <laughs> that one of the challenges that we need help with is to recognize the importance of reaching out to a therapist, a professional therapist. Uh, mm-hmm. Culturally, culturally, we are not like that. I don't know if I'll be, it's an exaggeration for me to say, uh, people of color, culturally, we are not like that. Where, 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 where does the, uh, what do you call it? Where, where is the challenge there? Uh, my colleagues, uh, you, you can jump in whenever you want to, Roger, Matilda, and uh, everybody who has called in, no. Culturally, we have a challenge as people of color to seek for professional help. You see it in many aspects and areas of life. Mm-hmm. And right now, the statistics shows uh, that we're all uh, living with some type of fear. And mm-hmm. the best, mm-hmm. the statistics, listen to this, Nathan, the statistics shows the best way to overcome this is with counseling. Number one way uh-huh. to address this issue that we're all dealing with right now, and that's fear, okay? So, uh, you know, it's 
a time of uh, to reset the button, press the reset button for many of us. Forget about yes. our uh, past, you know, um, teachings from our family, from our culture, from our country. This is 2020, so it's going to be a whole new way forward for all of us. The ball game has changed, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It it yeah. really has. Um, Nathan, this is Matilda. I, I just wanted to come in and ask a question, just taking you back to the homeschooling. Um, a lot of my uh, friends that are parents uh, have different views about this. Some of them will start, they started off okay because of the concerns that they had about uh, COVID, say, I don't want my children out there. Um, and for other different reasons, maybe there's someone in the house that that could has health um, issues. They don't want, you know, they just want to limit the spread. But after a short time, they can't deal. They don't want to. They don't care. <laughs> they just say, take these kids. But how? What? What words of advice do you have for a parent who insists on? Um, they will homeschool, but they've never done it before, and they have maybe five to seven children of different age groups and grades, and they're just having a hard time at it. What advice would you give them? Because at that point, they feel so stressed, so worn out, and um, pretty much at the end. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, I did homeschool my boys uh, for years. And my source was God, okay? Bible, study, uh, prayer was the first thing we started with every day. And that was my source. It's my source for uh, being here today because I wanted to, uh, you know, check out uh, from the planet many times, okay? But my source has led me in a totally different direction that has been a benefit to me uh, and to others, okay, because of what I choose to focus on, and that's God. And they have a lot of different sayings with God. You can do anything. Nathan, help me out here. You know, you know. So you <laughs> have to be encouraged. You need support. You need your source, okay? And uh, for me, and for Nathan, I'm sure, and for a lot of us, our source is the Word of God. And it's the same yesterday uh, as it is today. It works if we were to follow the, uh, the biblical teaching. That's what got me through. And um, hopefully it made a positive impact on my children. I'm sure, you know, some of them, they're like, oh, we're not into that Christian thing. But okay. But that, but you have your uh, <laughs> that thing that was planted in you. So in case mm. you want to come back to it, you know what you're supposed to be doing, and you know what uh, how you can get help. It's there in the Bible. So that was my story. Uh, uh, you are you're talking okay, about the Bible you. here. Apart apart from Nathan here, we have another pastor with us here, Pastor Brian. What's been your yes. experience ah. in this? in this situation that we, we've been dealing with in the outbreak of this pandemic? What has been your experience from a pastoral point of view? Uh, first of all, I think uh, most people didn't take it seriously. 
I think mm-hmm. we didn't take it uh, we didn't take it seriously. So like here in Kansas City, I have a friend who was a who was a church. Though I haven't talking, I haven't spoken to him personally in a, in a while. But I heard that uh, all of the, the whole church came down with COVID, and wow. two people died. Um, so two people died. They didn't want to wear masks. Uh, just like Sherry was saying, when 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 leadership is not encouraging people to wear masks or to social distance, uh, the consequences will will surely come. And uh, religious people say, no, the devil is attacking. No, not not the devil is attacking. (laughs) It's just that we are being negligent. It's just that we are being negligent. But I also had a question for for Sherry. Mm -hmm. Um, Being being in the mental health, uh, being as a a mental health practitioner, do you believe, Sherry, that um, there is medication? Does medication really help for mental health? if I can ask it that way. I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, You know, the pharmaceutical industry is really big in our country. They push a lot of things. But in uh, in my field, a lot of times counseling works better than medication. You know, if people are not having severe or serious mental illness, okay, Uh, mild depression and all those things and mild anxiety, can be uh, sometimes treated, uh, PTSD, all those things, can be treated with cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, you know, uh, counseling. So that's why I'm, I'm more of a holistic healthcare practitioner because, like I said, when I started my career uh, back in the 90s, I saw people on multiple medications that were uh, very powerful medications and it wasn't really helping them. So it's like, why are we yeah. doing this to people who might not need all that? So that's, that's my approach, you know. Let's start uh, slow and give you a low dose if you need it, but if you don't, let's, 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 uh, let's try yeah, the, doing the, things the, 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 the reason I ask a question like this because uh, I know um, the mind is not really part of the body. The mind is part of the invisible, uh, is the invisible part of the person. Mm-hmm. So um, I always question how um, a chemical can reach. Uh, I, I see from your profile here, there is, uh, there is body, soul, and spirit. And we know that the, the, the mind is in the, is in the soul. <laughs> and the soul is the invisible part of a person. So I wonder how uh, medication can actually reach a person's mind. It's different to yeah, take meditation yeah. for a cough. Yeah, you sometimes know, when, we're, when we're down and we are feeling blue and certain chemicals in, uh, in our body might be low, might be depleted, and uh, medication can help, uh, you know, bring up certain okay. levels of your dopamine and you know, other chemicals so that the pathways work better, the signals in the brain work better, and, you know, and your mood improves, and um, you're no longer sad or irritable. Um, But in some cases, we can do it without medication, Uh, improve those chemicals and pathways and signals without medication. More sleep, uh, uh, let's see, exercise. You know, I read something that says exercise is sometimes just as good as medication. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's alternatives that we should try first. And, you know, those chemicals in the body that are depleted or low, it's a real thing. 
okay? So, um, but it's not always treatable only with medication, okay? And real quick, back okay. to my sister's question, I just remembered with my children, you know, when we homeschooled, we, I made sure we had a schedule and I made sure they had rewards, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, think about how you can give them rewards daily, weekly, or whatever for achieving certain, you know, goals that they need to, to meet in school, okay, or around the house or whatever. Oh, yeah, that was my program. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Sherry, I have a question. That's... Yeah, I have a question, Sherry. This is Roger in, uh, in Canada. Um, good morning. Good morning. First question, have you been to Africa? Oh, yes. I try to go to Africa every six months. I've been in Senegal last summer. I uh, started yeah. my Army military career uh, going to Fort Hood for basic training and, you know, after getting there, just being shipped out right away to on a rapid deployment unit to Africa, to Somalia. So I was in Somalia for a few months, and uh, that was my introduction to Africa. But I always wanted to go. I didn't want to go yeah. like that. Yeah, I didn't think I would end up there in a, you know, military unit t- taking fire, you know, in Somalia. You know, I'm glad my plane made it out of there. They were actively trying to shoot us down with RPGs, but I did go wow. to Kenya. Parties, you know, they sent us to uh, rest and relaxation, partying in Kenya, you know, so I, I was I enjoyed that part of it. You know, okay, so I mean, I uh, my question. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. sorry, sorry for that. Um, with the uh, poverty levels you see probably in Africa and wealthy nations as the, the Americas are, um, my, my question would be when it comes to mental health uh, as regards stressful, uh, being stressed out situation, in my view, it seems it is more prevalent uh, here in the developed countries than mm. in, poor, in poor Africa. Uh, could that be your take? And if that is your take, why do you think it is uh, uh, this way? Or is it that in poor Africa we just depress it? I don't know. What do you think, if you understand my question? Yeah, I think more studies need to be done on, you know, the mental health issues in Africa. There's a big problem with drug abuse in the uh, younger community. Uh, Of course, the older folks, they are more likely to indulge in alcohol. Um, You know, they they do have better support systems because, you know, family is like number one. For most Africans, family is Uh like number one. If you have that support you can uh, you can go places, you know, with with yeah. uh, the right uh, counseling and all that from your family members. So, um, but as a whole, I think America we do more research and study on this problem, and that needs to happen more in Africa, so we can put a, a you know highlight the real issues and address them because a lot of Africans have been through war, have been through mm. you know a lot of struggles. Uh, you name it, and uh, a lot of people are affected, but it's not being reported, you know, like we yeah. report them here. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you fully. Um, 
I, I think some of the, the, the problems are, are just uh, – we, we've just lived into so much of it. No one even wants to ask because if they ask, probably someone will be asking for money. So we just we just forget <laughs> about it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, I agree with you. More, more, more study okay. needs to, to happen. Uh, we could be having an, a national or – a continent emergency. Uh, more study needs to to happen. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, sir. I, I, yes, Roger, I, I, I like that. I like that phrase you, Rogers, used, Sherry. Continent emergency. Uh, when you consider some of the things that go on there, uh, everybody, we are still going to go back and address the issue of how to maintain your sanity in a global pandemic. Um, pandemic during an election year. We still haven't addressed that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. So, Sherry, to Roger's point, and I'm glad you've shared your African experience where you went to, excuse me, where you worked in Somalia, a war-torn zone. There's a lot of trauma that people have experienced in that part of the world. Mm. Uh, Not even at a level of like... uh, what do you call it, uh, a, a failed nation because of militias and stuff like that. We have kids being molested within the household, and the culture and tradition says what happens in the home or family stays in the home. That, mm-hmm. uh, this is what I'm referring to, continent, a continent emergency. Um, uh, how should we deal with things like that? I mean, as a people of culture, and we know that these things are happening, what should we do? Well, we're doing it now. We're, you know, um, going on social media, uh, talking, mm-hmm. discussing about this, discussing these issues a lot, because a lot of people don't realize they're living in dysfunctional families, okay? And there's a reason mm-hmm. for their anxiety and their fears and their sadness. There's a reason, and it shouldn't be that way. They don't understand. This is not how, this is not normal, okay? So by us being here today, uh, bringing this message to people so they can understand, you know, things could be better. And you, when I realized I was in a dysfunctional family, it was a, a big awakening. I was like, oh, my God, everybody in my family is crazy. Okay, like, you know, we thought this was normal. You know, at six o'clock, everybody gets drunk, and you know, and 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 everybody starts cussing each other out. Don't talk to each other for months and years, and you you just think it's normal, but it's not. Okay, uh, people should not be uh, touched in a certain way and it's kept a secret. That's not normal. Okay, so we have to understand these things. And back to my brother's question about you know, what I'm doing on the African continent and being there. Uh, right now, mm-hmm. my friend Catherine and I, Catherine uh, Shuri, we're, you know, working on projects where we can grow medicinal herbs in, uh, in Africa uh, that's also mm-hmm. nutritional, okay, so that we can have medication that's all natural for our people to help them with mental health issues and, you know, uh, famine and all of that. So we're working on a lot of different projects. Uh, because, you know, many hospitals in Africa, even if you go to get mental health help, they don't have the medication or the staff to help you. So thank goodness for telemedicine, 
thank goodness we are being encouraged by the World Health Organization to to create farms and jobs for our people on the continent. So we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, what they're giving us as a blueprint and what we know we should be doing as as mm. as people who love each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Noah, did you have a question before we switch to the political realm here? Noah. Okay, we're talking to Ms. Sherry Tomlin. She's a mental health nurse practitioner and she's practicing in Dallas. She's also an author. She's the author of a book called The African Bodyguard. It is available on Amazon. Pastor Brown, you need to read this book. It's very powerful. It's, it's a very powerful book. It's available on yeah, no, Amazon. Yeah, I'm, I'm just listening here. Okay, The African Bodyguard. Um, okay. Sherry, you and, I, you and I talked about this when we were preparing for this show. And Pastor Brian asked on the issue of uh, medications uh, for mental psychiatric issues. One of the biggest things that we are dealing with right now is our political environment. Um, what is going on as we go less exactly 30 days. Oh, my goodness. This is 3rd October, right, Roger? Yep. 3rd October? Yes, yes. We are exactly 30 days from that election day. And I believe everybody here watched the debate except me. I, I, I chose not to do it. And uh, I, I, so somehow this is, where, this is where I can claim my prophetic gifting and say I knew it was going to be a disaster <laughs> and a mess. <laughs> so, Roger, I chose to protect my sanity. Um, Sherry, you know this has divided families, has divided friends, co-workers, has divided people at church. How, how should we be dealing with this issue? Yeah, we should be looking for ways to unite. Uh, that's a big problem for our community because even though we're all Africans, you know, we might say we're black Americans, we're, you know, uh, people of color, whatever the situation Uh is, we are Africans, okay? And we need to unite as Africans, be as one one force where, you know, we can uh, stop the economy of illness in this country, the economy of uh, discrimination and uh, oppression, okay, that's happening Uh to us. It's not going to be solved with protesting only and causing more of our people to go to jail and get killed. That's not the, uh, the approach of uh, a leader would take in this situation. As a leader, uh, mm. we need to uh, work on um, things that could build up our wealth and build up our community at the same time. So investing in, uh, you know, like black-owned uh, or African-owned, um, community savings banks, you know, those, uh, yes, those, yes. right, you know what I'm talking about, um, you know, um, stopping the support or the purchasing of products that are harming us, okay, but making other people rich. And these people that are getting rich, they're not listening to us. They don't care. As long as their stocks are doing well, they're not listening to us. But once, but mm-hmm. we have the power we need to take our power back and uh, 
let them listen to us once we stop purchasing certain things that we really don't need. And it's, it might be harmful to our health. So this is where our power lies, but we don't use it. We go out there and protest, do all these things, make a lot of noise. But in reality, if we were to come together and say, we're going to boycott certain things and you're going to uh-huh. listen to us and things are going to change because we have the power. We're not giving you our power any longer, okay? Uh-huh. It's a new it's a new day <laughs> for the black community, okay? People will pay yeah. attention. There's, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in other words, you are saying we are focusing or directing our energies in the wrong, in the things that won't help the situation. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. And then we're disappointed that it just keeps happening. You know, our people are still getting killed. Our people are still dying from chronic conditions. Our people are, you know, uh, poor. Our people are, you know, you name it. We're just not uh, benefiting from a society that mm. is not uh, changing in meeting our needs, okay? The way to do it is to take our power back. You know, a lot of these mm. things that we're buying, uh, we're not sacrificing, we're not saving. You know, a lot of these things we're buying, we don't need, okay? We can do without, we can live without it, and we can support each other more. That's where our power lies. But we choose mm. not to um, go, you know, because we want to go along to get along and, and be like the other folks when, in fact, we need to get our house in order first before we can, you know, deal with the rest of the world. Because, you know, we were, <clears throat> Africa is a superpower, and we need yes, to get our continent back up to speed quick and in a hurry because look at what, you know, the mentality of other people has gotten us into. We shouldn't be in this position right now at all. Mm-hmm. Uh. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah, because, because we were led I mean, by other people instead of our people leading, leading the world. We need to be the leaders again, back, you know, once again. Well, I like that. We need to be the leaders again. What, what is the, in this time and era we, we are in, Sherry, what is the significance of African leadership, be it spiritual, be it civic leadership, in all these, what is, speak to the leaders. I mean, what is it? Well, even a parent, even a parent <laughs> is a leader. Exactly. But above all, you know, for me, God is our leader. We know that. Uh, whether you mm. are, no matter what religion you're with, you know, God is our leader. No matter what they add to the religion, you know, uh, a lot of things uh, that our God blesses us with, uh, we need to activate certain things and use those blessings appropriately. Mm. We're not using them appropriately. So the leader, under that comes our men, okay? And a lot of us are not talking about the fact that our men are not uh, speaking up more about certain things. Uh, and, you know, they are our protectors. They are our leaders. So it's God, man, family, you know, wife, family, children, all that. So without the men being uh, fully uh, functional as leaders, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to move very far very quickly. But once the men, we understand that they're they're hurting too, they're suffering, they're sitting there in fear too, wondering how do I help my family? 
how do I address these problems? But, you know, like we said, counseling will help if they were just to, you know, to reach out to the pastors, reach out to the counselors, you know, do those, take those steps where you can uh, build up your potential as a leader, build up your confidence as a leader. We need you. Uh, And women in the household, we need to help the men have less stress, okay, show them love. Uh, They need that right now, okay? I don't hear from the men a lot, and I know they're hurting, okay? And I know they're, you know, uncertain, too, about what's going on. So we need to give them what they need to be leaders, okay? And that's if it's uh, more love, love heals, okay? There's a book called Love Heals. You know, read it. But that's that's very true. Love heals. Give them love. Give them uh, attention. Men love attention, uh, you know? Give them TLC. Yes, we do. Uh, rub, rub their head, kiss their neck, <laughs> and you know sometimes you have to be prepared yeah. for what follows next. But you, you can say, say that again, Sherry. You can say that What's again. That? Yeah, yeah. Say that again. That's, that's, that's what we need. We need to caress our men and get them to take those Sherry, uh, talking positions. Talking that, that ego. Yeah, I said you're talking that ego. There you go. There you go. We got to get our men in 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 motion quick and in a hurry. So no more no more sleeping. This is the time. This is our time. This is our season as Africans, and we need our men to take take the take the wheel. Okay. <laughs> two two things, Sherry, about us the men. Two things. Okay. You have a group of men who say, I don't want to get entangled politically. I just want to work provide for my family, blah, 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 and what is that kind of man dealing with? Okay, but support your community in ways by, you know, um, supporting our black businesses or African businesses or African banks. Uh, help build up your community in other ways if you don't want to be the one out there speaking and, you know, being visible. Uh, there's mm. things you can all do behind the scenes that are pushing our uh, agenda forward, okay? Mm, mm. Yeah, we have that group of men there. Then we have men who are dealing with issues and they don't want to share or come out in the open and say, this is what is going on. How do you pull them out of that little cocoon in which they are in? Exactly, and this is where the problem lies with men and mental health. They like to keep things bottled in. They don't like to talk about it. But like we said, when you approach people with love and you have to know when you need to give psychological first aid to people, so just uh, allow them to process certain things, be able to listen. If you don't have anything you can offer as far as support, just try to listen and determine, okay, does this person need to uh, be given resources uh, so that someone else can help them? Should I find that for you? Uh, How can I help you? Ask them questions. Tell me how you're feeling. How can I help you? Sometimes people couldn't wait for you to ask them those questions, especially women, you know, uh, when somebody asks us that. Let me tell you, honey, they couldn't wait for somebody to ask them that. So men are, this is all they're waiting for. You know, tell me. How can I help you? You know, let's share this with me, okay? So we need to, like, pull that out of them. And then if it's too much for us to handle, we know we can go to the next step and find a professional or a pastor or a family member who can uh, 
you know, be there for that person. Um, you know, let them know we see you. You know, we we get you. That's what they want to understand. People to understand. We want to help you. Okay. Yeah, because you see, what you are dealing with is a situation where you have somebody just in a moment of a situation they just burst out, express themselves, curse out Trump and they say all these things about him, but it just ends there. It can't be like that anymore, Sherry. It just ends there. Right. You burst out for a few seconds. I mean, I'll keep saying you'd curse out Trump and all these and all that and it just ends there. We can't continue doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And we need to understand a lot of us have this internal drama that's going on, and it started mm. with childhood, the way we saw our parents handle things or, you know, uh, manage their household. This is how we do it, too. And that doesn't mean it was the right way. We have to reassess our lives and realize that some of the things that we saw when we were growing up was wrong. It wasn't helpful. Uh, it didn't prepare us for, you know, for, for life, uh, you know, the tough times in life. And this is how we react to certain things inappropriately, mm. right? <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah, not good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you see, I like the phrase you're using. Let, let's take this a step further. When you say internal drama and how we saw our parents do things, okay? which some things were good, some things were not good. Because most of the time, if we all reflect back, we didn't have a dialogue or conversation with our parents. Communication was one way, which is not the situation in this generation. Your kids will talk back to you, and lo and behold, uh, uh, black as we are, or African, whichever terminology you want to use, when your kids talk to you, you think they are being rude or whatever. How... What do we need to do within ourselves to find that courage to say, no, when mom and dad did this, it wasn't the right thing? Because we're still dealing with a situation where, as a people of color, we think the only career is somebody to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and all those things. Your son or your daughter walks up to you with a guitar in their hands and say, I want to do music and all those things. And what do you tell them? No. So those are some of the things that we are dealing with, Sherry. How do we, where do we get the courage, the strength, the boldness to step away from things that our parents did, which were not the best? Mm -hmm. First, by listening to your children, uh, give them Mm -hmm. a chance to uh, have a discussion with you. First of all, we always think we know best because we're parents, and we're not listening to these children, and they're sneaking around doing things. They're thinking about things that, you know, are negative, and it's affecting them. So when they're grown up, they have not dealt with uh, certain ways that they've been feeling. They're living with anxiety, living with depression, and nobody knows why. And it's because of the way that, uh, you know, they were um, treated when they were living at home with you as a parent. And you didn't bother to, you know, ask them, you know. Uh, why do you why do you see things that way? Why do you believe that? You know, and you know, and then you can come at them with facts and with information and with good ideas. And sometimes mm. they have good ideas, 
And we didn't even know our little loved ones were such a little brilliant boy or girl, you know, because we never took the time to understand them, okay? Just mm. because we're parents, what, what we say goes. That's not always a good approach, no. <laughs> we are the guests here, Roger. You remember who told us yeah. that? We need to we need to embrace the language of I have a professional blogger in my house or a family, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Those are things we, we just were. Uh, no, not everybody can be a lawyer or a doctor or a, what an engineer. No, I mean, oh, no. yeah, these that's, kids, that's these true. kids are taking a different route in life. I mean, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, I think we need to change the way we we perceive things because I think my little girl here, she likes to sing. So I think in the past I would have sort of like discouraged her, but now I'm actually encouraging her. My son likes to draw, take pictures, so I'm actually encouraging. So it's a different, it's a, it's a new way of looking at things and we shouldn't just adhere to the past way of doing things. So it's it's twenty yeah. twenty twenty twenty. As we transition to to twenty twenty one, it's uh, twenty twenty one. I'm calling it a season to blossom. Sherry, what are the resources available out there for people facing certain challenges? Maybe you can also talk about how people can get in touch with you. Okay, thank you for that, Nathan. Uh, there's a national uh, mental health. Uh, associations uh, that you can look up online in your area. Mm. Always try to, you know, follow their um, information they put on their website. Um, those are good resources. The World Health Organization, if you check out their mental health resources, it's always pretty good information. Um, and just uh, basically... You know, contacting, like I said, you can contact me at guidingstarhealthcare at gmail.com. You can look at my website, guidingstarhealthcare.com. Uh, I'm available guidingstarhealthcare, G-U-I-D-I-N-G, starhealthcare.com. Uh-huh, so that's my website. Take a look. Uh, you know, and back to African Bodyguard real, uh, real quick, um, you know, that's, that's good. That's a good read. Try to find resources also that um, that helps you to, you know, like the Calm app. There's apps that you can use to help you, um, you know, be more, uh, be more. How would you say, you know, not calm, but be more uh, positive. Um, mm-hmm. Be more ready to face the world. You know, there's different apps. So there's a lot of resources. There's, you, there's uh, books, self-help books. There's self-improvement books. Uh, and I can give you a list, like I said, if you were to contact me at uh, guidingstarhealthcare at gmail.com. And so, you know, you can exercise, like we said, eat properly. Uh, eating bad foods and drinking alcohol and smoking, that can make us feel bad. In, in, in a lot of cases, so why do it, right? This is the time we need everybody to be healthy, we need everybody to be on point, and we need to be doing all the right things, okay? So um, those are some resources. Yep. You know, like I said, The Body Keeps Score, that's a good book. Love Heals, that's a good book. Trust in God, 
that's a good book. So yeah, and you know, take participate in the self help uh, ways of um, changing things as well. I, I think Nathan, also, uh, challenge you. Yeah, just one of the things before Matilda, you come in is uh, one of the things is we've even lost the culture of reading in this generation. Very quickly, Matilda. Sure. The book is a 21-day brain detox plan. It's called Switch on Your Brain. It's by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, it's a pitch Switch to have on your brain. Yeah, switch on your brain. I think <laughs> it's we, a very I think we should be, uh, we should buy we should buy two copies, send one to the White House and one to State House in Zambia. Switch <laughs> <laughs> on your brain. It's a very good mm-hmm. <laughs> It's me speaking. Nobody is responsible for those statements except myself. So buy two copies, send one to the White House and one to State House. Um Sherry, <laughs> thank you. My pleasure. And real quick, you know, you did start a mental health platform as well, Nathan. So if anyone's interested mm-hmm. in I'm working with you on that uh, on WhatsApp, so they can, like we said, uh, email us at guidingstarhealthcare@gmail.com, and also, you know, to get more information about joining our uh, group, and hopefully we'll be meeting every week again. Also, you know, Catherine Shuri, she has a uh, Victory of the Anointed uh, prayer group, and they meet every two weeks. So, you know, email me for information about that. So you have a prayer group, you have a social group, uh, so many things that considered resources available right now. Excellent. Everybody, I do hope you got something from our discussion with Ms. Ms. Tomlin today. And uh, please, uh, like I said, She's uh, an author. Uh, get her book, The African Bodyguard. It's available on Amazon. Coming up, open forum, Life Beyond Politics. And uh, we shall be buying a copy of the book and sending it in that direction because I think it's very needed there. Everybody, let's go back in. Thank you, Sherry. Have a wonderful day, everyone. You Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, man.